Amen. And that is from the ages of nursery. Are we having nursery today? Yeah, nursery. All the way up to teen class. All the teens say whoop whoop. Exciting first day of teen class, amen. That's the wonderful thing about having a church with a lot of children and young people in it. When it comes time for the preaching, it's like uh, it's like a, something broke out, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look at your neighbor today and say, you look awful good in the house of the Lord today. Amen, amen. Amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to, uh, I apologize for my sniffles and my, all that. I have been working on a first class head cold for the last couple of days and uh, we're going to get healed of it in Jesus name. Mark chapter 6, verse 45. Amen. So good to have uh, Alexis with us and Walter and for whatever, whatever reason, I can never remember your name. Well, Rachel, and it's so easy. Walter and Rachel, so good to have you all with us today. Amen. Alexis, good to have you and the boys. And then, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but what's your name? Dominique, so good to have Dominique with us today. Christ's life, let's give him a great big welcome. <laughs> Amen. I feel like, I feel like they're going to be a permanent fixtures around Christ's life. Amen. And it's, it's wonderful, wonderful to have them here with us. Amen. Amen, amen. If you've not got to know them yet, shake their hands and be friendly with them today. That's very important, amen. You know, a friendly church is a good church, and that's, isn't that right? Good, I'm glad you said that. Hallelujah, amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 45 uh, to 56. We'll read those few passages of scriptures today. I preached a sermon from this probably three months ago, and in the middle of me preaching that sermon, I jotted some notes down, and uh, that's pretty much where today's sermon came from, and uh, it's in my spirit, and I want to share it with us today. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethesda, while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on land. And when he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary. I want everybody to notice this. The Bible says when he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. God was watching the whole time. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it, it had been a spirit, and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled, and Immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto the ship unto them, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, 
and wondered. Verse 52, I want you all to notice what it says. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. They considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. It's a unique, it's a unique set tucked right there in that passage of Scripture, wouldn't you say? For just a little bit today, I want to preach from this topic. Don't miss the miracle. Don't miss the miracle. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you today for your goodness. I thank you today for your mercy. I thank you today for your strength, oh God. And I ask God that your word would speak to us and that your power would grow in us. And Father, that we'd walk out of this place full of faith and love today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them, Neighbor, don't miss the miracle. You may be seated in Jesus' name. This past Friday, I had the distinct honor of serving in Columbus, Ohio as the MC for my pastor's 65th birthday anniversary, 40th wedding anniversary, and 25th pastoral anniversary, and 100th year church anniversary. It's a big weekend, isn't it? Amen. And they were having some festivities. And Friday night, it was a very close group of people that were tucked away in the church's uh, fellowship hall. Probably wasn't more than 50 people that were very close to the Starks in ministry. It was mostly ministry friends. It was mostly men that had come out of the church. And and I, I was... I was super, uh, super ecstatic to be asked to, to, to host that evening, and that was a really, really simple thing for me to do because of my love for my pastor and pastor's wife. On the plane ride Friday, I took out a legal pad, and I started writing down all the things that my pastor and pastor's wife meant to me. And as I began to jot things down, very humorous stories would come to mind, specific events, specific things, and I would jot them down, Ryland. Now, many of y'all have met my pastor, Brother Stark, and uh, to say no nonsense would be an understatement of his personality. And when I was being trained at the church, I was asked to come and serve at Calvary as youth pastor. And when I came to serve, Sunday mornings I had the distinct privilege. Now, church started at 10, and I had the distinct privilege of being at the church every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. And uh, to get the day ready. I'll never forget one particular Sunday morning in my church clothes, in my church shoes. 
completely garbed out in my church attire. The, 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 the old building was an was a armory. It was a brick old armory. It was about 100 years old, very old building. And the new building was tucked next to it, and they had connecting wall. There was a connection there. So you could climb out the armory window, and there was a flat roof right there that came over. If you're standing in the church, it came over on the far left side of the church. And on a Sunday morning at about 8.30, there was a discovered leak on that roof. And my pastor comes to me and says, Dathan, the roof is leaking on the uh, whatever they called it, the easeway or whatever they called it. He said, I need you to go fix it. And I said, Pastor, I'll go home and get changed and fix it. He said, no, you won't. And he said, you will fix it. We don't have time for you to drive 30 minutes back home. 30, church will already started. The leak will be there. They'll hear you banging around. It's unacceptable. You got to fix it. So guess what Herring did? In the rain, I crawl out on that easement. And I tarred up the leak on that easement and stopped it. Soaking wet. My, my shoes were wet. My shirt was wet. My pants were somewhat wet. I had put on a, um, like a rubber rain suit. And uh, I remember standing on that easement. And if I wouldn't have been so close to a church house, there might have been cuss words that came out of my mouth. While I worked and I tarred that little spot up. There might have been cuss words. I'll never forget Two or three degrees outside, a lot of ice on the ground. Again, I get to the church, and the plow trucks that plow the old parking lot did not show up that Sunday morning. And I remember Pastor Stark telling me, Well, Nathan, and it was a guy by the name of Brian Locke. Well, Brian, well, Nathan. The parking lot needs plowed, and we're going to plow it. So me and Brother Stark and his son and Brian Locke and uh, might have been Todd Green, might have been somebody else, I can't remember. We all got shovels, and we plowed the parking lot until 9 o'clock so people could come to the house of God. I could give you story after story after story. a matter of fact, I can give you one story. Every Saturday night, we used to have a homeless service where we would serve the homeless people every Saturday night. And my distinct honor and my distinct privilege was to drive around downtown Columbus, Ohio with a poster taped to the window that said, free food, get in. And the homeless people they knew that green van when it was driving around. And you, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, that van after that few weeks was designated the homeless dinner van. You would not believe what that van smelled like. It was horrible. But I had the distinct honor of driving that van around for years. Every Saturday night. 
I can't think, I can't, I'll tell you a funny story. It was, it was in the middle of January or February. It was really cold out, and they didn't keep the, church, the, the, the heat on in the church during the week. So if you walked in the church, the church was always really cold, and the baptistry was in the church, and we had that homeless service one night, and a guy really got touched, and he wanted to get baptized. And so there we are standing by the baptistry, and my friend Jason Razor, who now pastors in Marysville, Ohio, he's actually been here before. Some of y'all may know him. Hilarious guy, great man of God. This, this homeless guy is getting into the chilly waters of the baptistry, and he is cussing. Cuss words. And you know what? Many of us might have been thinking of some cuss words if you could talk. And he's, oh, he's, and he's cussing. And Jason, Jason, come here, Rylan. You just stay right there. This is what Jason, this is what Jason did. He said, hey, oh, <laughs> then broke glasses again. This boy's got to get these glasses fixed. My God, I forgot about them broke glasses. Well, keep them glasses off. Let me do this. He goes, hey, smacks the guy right in the face. He says, no cussing in the baptistry. It's a good rule. No cussing in the church baptistry, right? And I was thinking of these moments. Yeah, put it back together and put them back on. (laughs) No more smacking, and I'm not taking any glasses from you today. A few weeks ago, I went to take his glasses, and they fell apart just like the same way. Church needs to receive an offering for Ryland's glasses. Hallelujah. And... uh, But I remember, I specifically remember these specific events. And in those events, I learned what ministry really was. This right here is not ministry. This right here is preaching. We have a lot of preachers, but we don't have a lot of ministers because Preaching is not serving. Preaching is simply relaying God's word. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you how equipped you got to be to be a preacher. You can be a donkey and be a preacher. And let me be frank, I know a lot of donkeys that can preach pretty good. Hello? Hello? But it takes a different type of person to learn how to do ministry. Somebody say amen. You see, I I was not really called to preach as I was called to minister because the call to ministry is far more taxing than the call to preach really is. Somebody say amen. And I know a lot of preachers. I got, I got a lot of friends that are preachers, and they're frustrated. I got one guy. He lives in San, uh, uh, Austin, Texas, and he calls me once a week, and he's frustrated. He's always frustrated. He's always frustrated. And finally, last week or the week before that on the phone, I said, would you just stop for a minute? Stop talking about the church that ain't working up. Stop talking about the pastor where you're at that's not using you. Stop talking about all that stuff. I said, I want to ask you a question. He said, what? I said, who rides in the, ch- in the vehicle with you on a Sunday morning to church? Who is it? Well, my wife and my kids. I said, that's the problem. You want a pulpit, but you don't want a ministry. 
That is the issue. And he didn't like what I had to say, and that's fine. I said, I tell you what, if you want joy, you go out and you find you some snotty-nosed brats, you find you some homeless people, you find somebody that can't do nothing for you, and you bring them to the house of God, and you buy them a hamburger, and you love on them, and you tell them that God's got great things for you. I said, and then call me back and let me know how you feel after that. Now, this ain't about me today, but I do want to make a point. I would have never known, I would have never known what ministry was all about unless I had a man of God that was willing to push me and prod me and tell me this is what ministry is. Somebody say amen. Ryland, what did I tell you a few Sunday mornings ago when I asked you to put the, the what, what hat did you put, what head did you put on? The, the monkey head or the, the sloth head? Last Sunday morning, he said, I ain't doing that. I don't want to do that. I said, Ryland, this ain't called the fun time of God. This ain't called the awesomeness of God. This is called the work of the Lord. Now put that monkey head on and go up there and wave at some people. Thank you. Well, David, he didn't complain about that monkey head. He looked good in that monkey head too. I mean, he looked outstanding out there. That's the, I'm telling you what. You got a place in the kingdom, bro, I'm telling you. I'm joking. I'm joking. Last Sunday, was last Sunday not work? Last Sunday was work. How's that? Good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so, last Sunday was a lot of work. Saturday was a lot of work. We had a great time. It was fantastic. But Sunday evening when we got home, I was like this. Uh, uh. I got in that bed. I was like, uh. Monday morning, the alarm went off, and I was like, uh. Turn the alarm off. But, but, but when was Halloween? What night was Halloween? Tuesday night. We went to the uh, Trunk or Treat um, Church Road Baptist Church right here. And we're going through at another church's Trunk or Treat, you know, because we kind of live in the country. We don't have like a neighborhood to go to, so we're doing the Trunk or Treat stuff. And we're going through the Trunk or Treat, and this little girl looks up at Sister Holly and goes, Hey, I remember you. And Holly looks at her and says, hey. She goes, I won the bike at your church last Sunday. And I thought, you reprobates, what are you doing at this church? No. <laughs> you won last Sunday, what are you doing? And she said, you know what? You're not going to believe what this little girl said. She said, you know what? She said, my mom and daddy can't afford bikes. She said, I've always wanted a bike, and I've asked for bikes and asked for bikes, and your church gave me a bike. Thank you so much. And you know what? They may never come back ever again. And that is perfectly okay. Because our church 
gave a bike to a little girl whose parents could not afford a bike. Our church. I stood back and I said, oh, yeah, that's our church. Because ministry is about pouring out. It's about giving. It's, it's about pouring out. And see, the reality is this, is that we get caught. We get caught in our storm. And we forget about the miracle of ministry. We forget about the miracle of giving ourselves. We forget about the miracle of watching God multiply and do a work through us. Somebody say amen. The real miracle is not God causing five fish and two loaves of bread to feed thousands of people. To me, the real miracle of it all is that God chose people to pass it out. That God chose people to be be a conduit of his mercy and his grace. So when somebody was there hungry and thirsty and needing something to eat and they were weary from their journey, somebody showed up with some fish and some loaves and said, how much do you want? And they said, I'll have five, I'll I'll have a number five, I'll have, you know, a number five with, with the Dr. Pepper. And they passed out. And when those people here, Walter, check this out. When those people were, were, were given the food by that man and they were looking at that man, you know what they were looking at? They were looking at Jesus. Yeah, Jesus was up on the hill multiplying it, but they were through the crowds passing it out. And the miracle is that Jesus uses us to pass out the multiplication. Somebody's. Well, we are having a technical, technically melted down Sunday. That's going to need some super glue. Amen. But God chose people. The miracle is that God chose you and God chose me to be a part of his kingdom. Somebody say amen. In seven days, he created everything. He said it was good. He created man. He created woman. What makes you think he needs us? The miracle is that we are allowed to be a part of the kingdom of God. And I wish everyone would say, Pastor, you're preaching great. Preaching great. Thanks, Rylan. I appreciate it. It's my old brother-in-law right there. I'd be a little harder on him than others. Hallelujah. You know, I've never, I've never in my life had a raven feed me in the desert. I've never had a raven feed. Has anybody had a raven feed you in the desert? No. He ain't never been to a desert. Never had a raven feed me in the desert. But I tell you what. I've had, I have had a sweet saint of God make me a couple pies before. You know, I've, I've never, ever, ever, ever watched water flow out of a rock and drink it. 
But I have had a sweet saint of God offer me a sweet tea before. Now some of y'all think, where, where are you going with this? You know, I've, I have never, ever in my life seen two fish and five loaves multiplied. And I've never been a part of the process, Sister Yon, of passing out five fish and two loaves or vice or whatever. But I have dropped the bed of my truck and thrown hot dogs at people as we drove down the street. I have done that. You know, I've never in my life had four friends tear a roof off a building, lower me down, and show me Jesus so I could be healed. I've never had that, but but I did in Columbus, Ohio. I did have a family of five accept me into their home, take me on like a son. When I say like a son, I'm talking take out the garbage like a son. I'm talking mow the lawn like a son. I have had a family of five take me in and show me what a Christ-like home looks like. I see my, my family, my family, a lot of y'all look at me, and I, look, I feel like today my outfit today, the combo today, is pretty good. I bought this tie for two bucks. I bought this coat in San Francisco. San Francisco. I hope I didn't just cuss. I bought this coat in San Francisco for like $10. It's wool. It's a little hot. I'm a little hot. I bought this shirt at the Nordstrom Rack for $15. Yeah. Didn't pay that for them. <laughs> I can't remember what I paid for the britches and the shoes, but we're giggling, right? But, but see, y'all look at me in this tie and this mic and, you know, and the shoes. You've had it all together. Look, you, you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth, and you had it all together. No, no, no. Maybe I don't tell you of all the times, I, the evenings I spent in juvenile detentions after getting in fist fights with my stepdad. Maybe I don't get into all that. Maybe I, I don't get into the fact that I had to go live with my grandparents because it was crazy at my house. Maybe I don't get into all that, but maybe you might see why I drive up and down those streets and I'm looking for kids that are just like me and I'm trying to show them Jesus. Maybe you might understand. Maybe you might, you might, I don't know what kind of home life you were born into, but my home life was not good. And that's why I am bound and determined to show people Jesus like the Starks let me in and showed me Jesus. Why all of y'all go home and y'all have a great time at your house. That's why usually on Sunday afternoons I'm breaking up fights at my house. Not Well, we break up fights with my kids, but usually it's Demarie and Miles getting into it over something. Or KJ and Aiden or one of them. They're always, that's why we bring them into our home. Because the miracle is that God says, hey, I'm going to use you. 
Somebody say, he's preaching good today. I hope you're getting it today. Sister Macy, come, I'm wrapping up. Everyone said, praise the Lord. Amen. The disciples were in a storm. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the storm is okay. Look at your other neighbor and say, other neighbor, the storm is okay. In the text we read, probably I can't hardly breathe and I'm trying to preach and breathe out of my mouth. Pretty tough today, amen. Come back next week, I'll be feeling better. Did you did you catch in the text? How many here will be honest enough to say, Brother Herring, I'm experiencing a storm right now of some kind? Thank you. Thank you for being honest. It doesn't have to be a hurricane, it don't have to be a tornado, but a I'm experiencing a storm of some kind in my life. Financial, physical, family, marriage. Come on, one more time. Let's put our hands up. Thank you. Facing a storm right now. The Bible says that we read that while they were rowing, and while they were going through the storm, did, did anybody catch that when we read it this morning? The Bible said that Jesus, his eyes were on them the whole time. He was watching them the whole time. I've come today to tell you that if you're in a storm today, God's eyes are on you. He's watching you row. He's watching you toil. He's watching you wonder how you're going to pay that bill. He's watching you wonder how your family's situation is going to get better. He's watching you wonder how your marriage is going to come together. He's watching you wonder how you're going to get better in your body. He's watching you wonder how your kids are going to turn out. You're in that storm. He's watching you. He's watching you toil. He's watching you sweat. He's watching you fear all the while. Jesus is watching. And perhaps when you might feel like you're going under, He begins to walk. Now if you dig into that verse a little bit, and, 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 and they saw Jesus walking on the water towards them. Their boat's filling, it's going under, the storm is howling, the rain is coming down, and they're terrified. And when they said they thought it was a spirit, you know what spirit they thought it was? They thought it was the death angel coming to get them. And when they cried out, they weren't crying out, oh, spirit walking on the water, save us. No. That wasn't what they were looking at. That's not what they were thinking. They cried out because they thought, Sister Jamie, the death angel, the grim reaper was coming. Get ready to carry them out. They thought it was over for them, so they feared in their body. They feared in their mind. They feared in their spirit. But Jesus looked at them and said, Hey, be a good cheer. It is I. You know what they said when he said, it is I. Be of good cheer, don't be afraid. You know what they said? 
Thank God that wasn't a death angel. That's what they were saying. Now put yourself in their shoes. Imagine how you feel. Right? Thank God that wasn't a death angel. Jesus then, he tells the storm, oh, peace be still. Do you realize that your storm in your life is only waiting on one word from the Lord just to speak it? God can just say one word and the wind cease. You can say one prayer, God can have one response, and your whole situation is changed. Somebody say amen. Just one word from the Lord and everything changes. That's why it's so imperative when we come to the house of God. We've got to have praise in our hearts, praise in our spirits, praise in our minds. That's why we've got to be on point, ready. Because all it takes is one word from God and everything changes. So here we are. Jesus says, peace be still. And the Bible says that the disciples were like, whoo, whoo. Said they were amazed. What manner of man this was. Y'all remember reading that today? They're amazed at the power that Jesus had. I remember looking at that in the text today. Yes? Check this out. OCD and all the mother D's, I got them. My two, my, my, tie, my, my shoes untied, I got to tie it. If the tie's not, if I was walking by a mirror right now, I'd have to look, make sure my tie was right. But it ain't. I know it. I'm gonna get over it. Got all them problems. Anyways. Jesus is considering the situation. The Corbin Jesus is looking at the whole situation. And he said they were afraid because they did not consider the miracle of the loaves and fishes. Now I don't know about you, but on the surface it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Why that particular phrase would be plugged in there in that particular situation. Perhaps a better spot would have been, perhaps they didn't consider the lame man that I healed. Perhaps they didn't consider the tree, the fig tree that I cursed. Perhaps they they didn't consider the, the, the dumb man that I'd said to speak. But no, the Bible says that perhaps they did not consider The miracle of the loaves and fishes. Today, I don't want anyone in this building to miss the miracle. Today, I don't want anyone in this building to miss this miracle. The miracle of the loaves and fishes was twofold. The first fold was that God looked at the people and he had compassion on them. And he said, I can't let them wander away. I can't let them go because they'll get weary and hungry on their journey. That's the first thing. And the second miracle 
is that God chose people to feed and comfort other people. Folks, I've said it, other preachers are guilty. They've said it. I I even kind of hinted to it today a little bit. God doesn't really need us. But the truth is, God does need us. God cares about your storm so much that He's watching you through it as you go through it now. God cares about the toils and the tests that you're going through right now. He cares about it. And the second thing that he cares about is he cares about others. And if God chose you, he chose you because there's a miracle that's going to flow out of you and there's a miracle that he's going to do in your life. But today, don't miss the miracle. The miracle of you being here today. In the house of God. The miracle of how far God's brought you. The miracle of all the things God's provided you with. The miracle of all the things God's kept you from. Don't forget the miracle. The miracle of just being on the pew today. (laughs) Folks. I want everybody to do me a favor. Real quick. I want everybody to stand up for a minute. I want you to turn around and look at the imprint on that seat. It's left there still. That's your imprint. Folks, the fact that there's an imprint on that seat and you're standing over it is a miracle. Don't miss that miracle. Don't miss the miracle of just being here today. Ha. Folks, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Too many times we we forget about the small things, all the things God kept us from this week, all the things God kept out of our lives this week. Don't forget about that miracle because the Bible says that His mercies are made new every morning. Don't forget about the miracle of just waking up, the miracle of just breathing, the miracle of just being safe in your vehicle, the miracle of your babies coming home safe from school. Don't forget about that miracle. Sister Macy, don't forget about the miracle of you playing this piano. How many like to play the piano? I'd love Sister Macy to play the piano, but the truth is, it would take a miracle for me to play it. The miracle of playing that piano. Sister Jamie, here's the reality. I'd love to be able to have the temperament to haul around teenagers all the time. Right? But I don't have 
I, I, God's, it's going to take a miracle. Because my 12-year-old thinks she's 16-year-old. And it's going to take a miracle for one of us to make it out of that track. But it's a miracle. It'd be a miracle for me to not lose my cool with Isaac and them boys terrorizing Olivia. It's a miracle. Sister Jan, don't overlook the miracle of that food you make. Sister Jan, if I cook for that many people, they walk out of this place and every one of them have diarrhea. <laughs> every one of them be puking, Sister Jan. That's the truth. But it's a miracle. Don't overlook the miracle of how God uses you to touch other people. I've already said it once. I'll say it again. It's a miracle how good he looked out there with that monkey head just getting to know David. I don't know him that well. I hope he doesn't mind me picking on him too much. It's a miracle. Sister Sheila, if I had to do the church books, this is how I do the church books. I look at Sister Sheila. I said, Sister Sheila, how we doing? And she tells me, if I had to do the church books, whoo, it's a miracle, Sister Sheila. It's a miracle. Don't overlook the miracle of how God uses you. Brother Corbin, it's a miracle that you get to work with me. Y'all laugh, but y'all think it's easy to work with me? It's a miracle that he's still here. But don't overlook that miracle, the temperament God gave you to deal with me and my OCD. It's funny, but it's a miracle. It's a miracle you can come to church and have the Holy Ghost still after working with me all week long. It's a miracle. Zach, it's a miracle Michaela married you. You got a good girl. You know Walter and Rachel? Do you know it's a miracle how we met you? Let let me tell you why it was a miracle. Sister Jamie, what, last year? Went looking to do a block party. Was it last year? And she went to all these other apartment complexes and all these other apartment complexes. They said yes, maybe no. But there was one apartment complex off Tulane that said, you know what, we'd we'd love to have... And we were going to do one of these deals at some particular time, and we didn't even do it. I can't remember what was going on, but something's come up, and the mean pastor canceled it while she'd already worked on it. It's a miracle she's in the house of the Lord still. There's a running theme here. It's a miracle. I'm sorry for y'all to be standing so long. I apologize. I never try to make people stand longer than, y'all know that, than two minutes. I'm sorry. But it's a miracle that you're here. It's a miracle we've been planning to do it, but it's a miracle we plan to do it at that particular place on that particular weekend right when y'all were just going to swing by. It's a miracle. Hey, it's a miracle. That particular moment we were at Walmart and we passed out that particular flyer. It's a miracle. 
Don't forget about the small miracles. Don't you think it was a miracle? And I'm finished. Don't you think it was a miracle the day Jonah jumped off the ship? And the only whale in all the world that if he swallowed somebody they could live inside of him just happened to be right there and ate him? Don't overlook the miracle of just being here today. And don't overlook the miracle of God saying, you know what, Alexis? I'm going to use you for my glory. Maya, don't overlook the miracle of God looking at you and saying, hey, I like that girl right there. I'm going to use her in my kingdom. Come on, don't, don't overlook that miracle. I think we all ought to just find a place to pray today. If it's at your seat, that's fine. If it's sitting down, that's fine. If it's kneeling up at the front, that's fine. But let's turn this place into a house of prayer. And let's remember the miracles today. Hallelujah. I don't want to be afraid every time I face the way. Come on. This altar's open. Hallelujah.